0: for 20% off your first system.
1: Well, I am tired. That's a very weird way to start a video. (laughs) been a crazy week for pro wrestling and somehow it's going to get even more crazy because we had AEW Rampage, we had Smackdown and then tomorrow in terms of reviewing, we've got AEW Dynamite and we're going to dip our toe into Impact and see what's going down for Bound for Glory. So This is why I'm telling you, so at any point in the video I just go, and fall asleep, you know the deal. But my name is Simon what culture? thank you for joining me as always, and we have had another episode of WWE SmackDown, and talking about people being sleepy, these guys had to fly from Saudi Arabia all the way back to USA in about 12 hours, or whatever it was, they must be knackered. However, did it affect the latest episode of SmackDown? Let's find out by giving the good bits up, there they are, and giving the other bits a down. And I don't even care. The Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns storyline is one of the best WWE has done for ages. Up. It's how SmackDown kicked off too with our tribal chief coming to the ring and saying to Paul Heyman, what is the deal with you? What the hell were you doing last night? Were you trying to chuck the universal title to me? Were you trying to chuck the universal title to Brock? I'm not feeling very comfortable right now and it's all because of you. Roman did have the best excuse for this though, which was turning to Paul and saying, you just ain't very good at your job. I laughed because I was like, man, that's the most relatable thing I've ever seen, your boss coming to you and saying, you a piece of crap. Reigns, on the other hand, thinks he's fantastic at his job because look at all the people he has beaten now. Brock Lesnar, Edge, Cesaro, he even said Daniel Bryan, John Cena. And he does make a very good point. Like if you wrote all those names down on a piece of paper and said somebody has destroyed them all, you'd probably fall in love with this guy. He then told us that he couldn't enjoy any of this because Brock Lesnar had gone on the Internet and done a tweet. And that's where this whole narrative fell down. I was like, Brock Lesnar doesn't go on the Internet and tweet. Brock Lesnar doesn't even have a phone. So somebody had done this for him, I can presume. But it did say that he was going to come to SmackDown and beat Roman Reigns sentless. So Mr. Table stood in the ring and said, all right, pal, why don't you come out? And Brock didn't come and Brock didn't come and the fans were getting a little bit worried, but this was timed so well, because as soon as you did hear, which is meant to be the start of Brock Lesnar's theme and sounds like a cat dying, my word, did they get excited? Because he came out here and he just whipped Roman Reigns' ass. At one point, he even beat up a cameraman, because why not took the camera and chucked it at Roman and I sat there On my tush going Man I really like these two Sometimes I can believe That it's real The Uso's also tried to help out But they just got flung Into the ring post And I'm pretty sure They're dead Before Adam Pearce And a bunch of the locker room Did empty And they were like Brockers Brockers Please would you calm down And after some serious convincing And after he'd beaten A few of them up Lesnar calmed down WWE is so good At these brawls though Because it always feels Like a powder cake That's about to explode And then Adam Pierce took the ball and he dropped it right down the toilet. Cause he was like, I thought what just happened. I was watching the show. Brock, you can't get away with this. And now you're suspended. And straight away, because I'm a nerd, I'm like, wait a minute. Lesnar has done this time and time again, and on occasion, you didn't suspend him, so why are we doing it now? Now, the real reason is because he's going away to the Royal Rumble, but come on, man, you could have come up with something better than this. Who even gives a flub, though, because Brock then came back to the ring, and not only did he get right in Adam Pearce's face, he gave him one F5, he gave him two F5s, and then he just left, and I audibly exclaimed, Brock Lesnar, the best babyface ever. It is a real shame that he's not going to be around for a few months, but that's the whole reason he feels like an end-of-level boss. All of this was terrific. You should go and watch it. There was then like this weird bit when we cut to the backstage and there was like a bunch of wrestlers being all like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And Naomi decided this would be the perfect time to walk up to Sonya Deville and say, I want a rematch. And honestly, Naomi, you couldn't have timed that worse. When Drew McIntyre popped up and went, hello, I'm on Smackdown now. He does not talk like that, but I would like an open challenge. That was really, really strange. This did lead to Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn, though. And I was like, "Oh, Lally, praise these new rosters up. They just had this really fun match with Drew throwing Sami around the place, who has new entrance music, by the way, if you should so care, with Zayn getting back into it by being a scrappy pup. And if he hadn't have been an egomaniac, he probably would have won. I mean, he wouldn't have done, but that was a story. Because after hurling Drew into the ring post a couple of times, arrogance got the better of him, and yet Rick Martell was nowhere to be seen. Because he was about to hit the halluva kick, but then he went, I'm fighting Drew McIntyre. I'm going to do his whole one, two, three thing. But at that point, drew had recovered he zoomed out the corner he hit the claymore kick uno dos tres i don't know where this is going and maybe we are going to get a proper program but i would absolutely take an elongated feud with this two they worked really well together xavier woods then got officially crowned as the king of the ring who's cutting up onions he got the big intro by kofi kingston which is kind of ironic because his name is kingston but let's not worry about that And this was just brilliant because we all know how much Xavier Woods wanted this. He has completely thrown himself into the character. He had the crown and the robe, was just enjoying every single second. And it's pure proof that if you work hard enough, you can achieve your dreams. Fans were going nuts for this too, which makes it even better. And of course, Kofi and Xavier were talking in like medieval language, because I don't think WWE realizes that we do still have kings and queens in 2021 but that does make it more funny. And Xavier Woods even told us his proclamation, so we're absolutely going to do a royalty gimmick with him. And I genuinely believe from the bottom of my tootsie toes, this could soon become one of the most entertaining things on SmackDown. The man just gets it up. We then cut to the back to confirm that yes, later on we were gonna do a title switch between Raw Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch. Now not only was this dumb on paper, but it absolutely went to hell. We will talk about it in a bit. Throughout the night, we also had a bunch of promos for a bunch of new people that are gonna debut on SmackDown, and here we had one for Zaire Lee. and then WWE took a storyline and they just crushed it into the ground. Or that was my fear. Thankfully, they escaped by a near miss, because we did a rematch from Crown Jewel. It was Mustafa Ali versus Mansoor, which I thought I peaked wonderfully at the pay-per-view, and I just knew deep down, I was like, oh no, they're gonna do 50-50 booking, and once again, I'm gonna glue my hands to my head by accident, which I've done now, and it's just going to be pointless. It was kind of pointless, but thankfully we didn't do that. I mean, I only went two minutes, which will always make you groan, but all that matters is that Mansour won. And look, for the 120 seconds, they were so good together. They have great chemistry. And sure, it did end with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, but sometimes I will take whatever I got. I watched this whole thing, and again, it was short going, Mansour's going to lose, Mansour's going to lose. He didn't lose. So we are getting a little bit to the bottom of the barrel here, but WWE just do something with Mansour. He's really good and flub me sideways. Absolutely do something with Mustafa Ali. So for effort and because I like them, up. Had a bunch of these other promos as well, especially Sheamus going, oh, I'm the best, oh, I'm the best, which really made me laugh. And then we had the arrival and the debut on the main roster of Hit Row. And once again, if you can believe it, WWE actually did this right because it was just a squash match out came swerve scott out came top dollar they did a bunch of big moves they eventually finished off two complete randoms with this double team kick slam thingamajig And then they won. And if you didn't know who they were, you were like, wow, these guys, they look pretty cool. And they hit all these maneuvers and they absolutely killed those two drubbers. Maybe I want to watch them again. And it really was that simple. And it really was that easy. It didn't outstay them. Welcome. It was nice and fast. And in this instance, you do want it to be quick. And it left you. That is wanting more. Taylor Braxton then asked Sonya Deville, how is Adam Pearce doing? I mean, what a stupid question. What did you think she was gonna say, Kayla? Oh yeah, he's having a great time being picked up by Brock Lesnar and slammed on his face. Surprise, surprise, he's not doing well at all. At this stage, we also tried to make a big deal out of this Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair title switch, but I ignored this. I literally reached into my brain and just threw that memory away because I don't like being insulted. For some reason, Happy Corbin was then taken on Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, of course, they already had a feud over a crown, but now there's no kings involved. Actually, it was still pretty damn fun we had the silliness of Mad Cat Moss and Rick Boogs on the outside and I suppose the big thing here is that because Nakamura is the Intercontinental Champion and that Baron Corbin was able to beat him, Baron should now be going after the championship. Now I am bored of WWE setting up every single title shot in this way but I sat down and thought about it and actually having Corbin as the IC champ I think that would be pretty good. But yeah, at one point, Shinsuke was down, so Boog started playing his guitar like it was some magic weapon in an RPG that just casts HP to all of your members. And just as he was about to go for the Kinsasha, Mad Cat Moss stopped Rick Boog's playing. Shinsuke Nakamura, despite years of experience, was like, oh, no, I can't handle this. And he got distracted. So Baron hit him with the end of the days, and that was it. It's not called the end of the days, it's called end of days. From now on, end of the days. This was fine, just suitable nonsense, but we do have to bring down the distraction board, which yes, goes up to 114. So if you are a betting person, I still think we're gonna break through 150. Charlotte Flair was then in the back going all like, oh my gosh, can't believe I gotta do a champion exchange. Like this was some kind of big deal. And if you can believe it, this gubbins actually finished this week's SmackDown. I mean, what are we doing? Because it really is just bad. Like straight away, it exposes the fact that we have two world champions, even though there's only one world. And it got even worse because Charlotte even said, hey, Becky, why don't we have a winner-take-all match? Obviously the crowd loved that. I loved that. I thought, oh my gosh, maybe WWE has realized, but they didn't. And also this totally fell apart. If you are to believe some of the rumors on the internet, and it does come from very reputable sources, they actually did what they weren't meant to do. Like they were throwing belts on the floor and they were getting each other's face. But apparently there was meant to be no chucking. But Charlotte Flair thought this was a ridiculous segment and made her look like a weak champion. So she lost it in the ring. And then afterwards, when they went backstage, Becky Lynch and Charlotte got into it. And this wouldn't surprise me at all because we are switching titles like two kids in some kind of Jimmy Jam oh i want to use the homer simpson phone oh but i want to use the fred flintstone car it doesn't make any sense also this does actually come down to the fact that one is red and one is blue and if you're so obsessed with the colors shouldn't you be building a story where charlotte flair just ends up with the smackdown belt from a match becky lynch does the same with the other one but no as you can tell this really irks me because again that's just really really stupid becky lynch eventually left so sasha banks walked out and went hey charlotte i want to fight you for that belt so they had a bit of a fight But at that point you couldn't take any of this seriously because it had fallen apart, like actually properly or so it seems like, and even before then it was dumb. So it gets a down and please can we never do this again? I actually think as well it adds an extra title reign onto their records, which makes even less sense. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do this all day. And I tell you, I've only been doing it four seconds and I'm already bored. To the point, I don't even know if I gave this down. Point is, it's getting down. So it's such a shame it's so lame because otherwise this was a very easy to watch SmackDown. Again, propped up by that Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman thing. If I was to guess, I would imagine Drew McIntyre would take on Roman for a while, which I'm also fine with. But even with that craziness at the end, getting up. Planning for your next trip?